Hi, I'm James Jacobson. And I'm Pamela Lawrence. Welcome to Dog Edition, the first show designed for you to listen to while you walk your dogs. Today, Major Biden once again makes Dog Edition. Unfortunately, the president's dog has bit someone for a second time at the White House. Say it isn't so. Uh. It, unfortunately, it is. And, and it's a serious problem because, you know, he's already had to leave and go back to Delaware. And then he's come back. And so we decided that we needed to talk to someone who can maybe help the president and Major not have this problem. So we reached out to a certified animal behavior consultant. That's our first segment. And in our second segment, uh, I think we are all so sick of staring at screens during this pandemic. So we talked to somebody who has invented a board game that's coming out soon, by the end of the summer, about dogs, for dog lovers, for gamers. Everybody's going to love this game. It's very family friendly and it gets us away from those screens. Have you been staring at your screen too much just a few i i spend so much time looking at screens both at work and then when work is over i I go and watch tv after dinner but instead of watching tv i've gotten into the i i don't know if it's a nasty it's an interesting habit of watching youtube on the big screen and it's scary because youtube can figure out all sorts of things that i never thought i'd want to watch like you know dog food commercials from the 1960s and and all sorts of things but what's great about it is you can learn anything you want on youtube these days oh i've absolutely confused the youtube algorithm with all of the searches i've done Um, So, yeah, you can learn a lot of new things, including how to make a dog detector. And we talked to a YouTuber who did just that. You found this video with this guy was basically teaching people how to build some sort of AI thing that detects dogs. He's a biomedical engineer and also a software engineer. And he, in his free time, builds these ridiculous machines. And one of them is a machine that detects dogs walking by his house. And it alerts him when a, whenever a dog goes by, there's a megaphone that yells at him. And if you wonder what's the utility of that, stick around, we'll tell you. If you like what you hear, follow Dog Edition in your favorite podcast app. Just click that little button and follow Dog Edition so you never miss an episode. So if you love dogs as much as we do, pause what you're doing. Leash up your pup, and let's take a walk. We've got a lot to talk about on today's episode of Dog Edition. Hey, Pepper, want to go for a walk? Here are the headlines you may have been hearing. Major problems at the White House. Does one of Biden's dogs have a major issue? White House staff under attack from a major foe. The news media says Major is in the doghouse again. The second time he's bitten someone at the White House. What is going on here? Is it the fault of the biter, the bite or just circumstances? This week is National Dog Bite Prevention Week. Yes, there is one of those. And so we decided to check in with a certified animal behavior consultant. But not just any CABC, Certified Animal Behavior Consultant. We spoke with the host of two nationally syndicated radio shows, an author, a contributor to so many veterinary journals, an all-around nice guy, a friend of mine who lives in Chicago. His name is Steve Dale. Well, I think, first of all, attack is too strong of a word, uh, as at least according to the White House press secretary. That's not what happened. Here is what White House press secretary Jen Psaki told the media. Uh, Champion Major, the president and first lady's dogs, uh, members of the family, are still getting acclimated and accustomed to their new surroundings and uh, new people. 
And on Monday, the first family's younger dog, Major, was surprised by an unfamiliar person and reacted in a way that resulted in a minor injury to the individual. Steve Dale explains the issue of acclimation. Now, that dog uh, was adopted during the pandemic, I believe, during the beginning of the pandemic. So one would presume that the Biden family didn't have a ton of people going in and out. Maybe some people. I don't know. I didn't live with the Bidens. I'm not sure. But the White House is very different. And to give any animal, whether you're moving into the White House or whether you move into just a new house, the acclimation period really matters. But Steve says the first thing to do when a dog has bitten someone is to bring the dog into a vet. It's something that people don't often think to do, but he gives an example of a typical golden retriever, a friendly, gentle, tail-wagging dog who bit a young boy. Well, the child was petting the dog over and over again on the dog's ear, didn't recognize the dog's warnings. I assume, I wasn't there, that the dog probably offered a warning, but there was no adult supervision to confirm or deny that, and bit the child. It was not a severe bite. It was just saying, stop, that hurts, because the dog has no other way of saying it. The family didn't realize the dog was suffering from an ear infection when they called Steve for help. This dog might have been euthanized if I didn't say, absolutely, please see a veterinarian first. Ear infection treated, by the way, rest of the story is a nice happy ending. The dog lived to the age of 12 or 13 and lived wonderfully with this family for the rest of uh, her life. Without being at the White House and observing Major's environment and his behavior, it's difficult to say exactly why Major has been biting people. But Steve thinks that if a medical issue can be ruled out, it's most likely anxiety. Statistically, we know most dogs that bite, unless there's a medical reason for them to do so, are doing so because they're fearful or anxious. Some dogs may be better suited to the sudden changes that Major has faced in the last few months. Champ, for example, seems to be doing okay. Steve says a dog's temperament may play a role. I mean, we're, we're talking about an extraordinary circumstance here, right? I mean, I, I don't, again, I don't live in the White House. I'm not certain. But I'm thinking that a lot of people come and go all the time, and they are different people all the time. So, so the dog has no way to acclimate to that without prior experience or just the right temperament to do it. People may overlook how their normally well-behaved dog might have had a hard time adjusting to new circumstances. You know, the president says, and I believe him, you know, I'm, I mean, because this happens all the time. I was really surprised that this happened. The dog has never done anything like that. Well, the dog has never had experience around so many people. President Biden explains. You turn a corner and there's two people who don't know at all. And, you know, and, and they move and, and he, he moves to protect. But he is, uh, he's a sweet dog. 85% of the people there love him. He just, all he does is lick them and wag his tail. But before that 15% of the staff call for Major's ouster from the office, there are some things that everyone around Major can do to help him adjust. So every time a stranger comes around, there's a cookie. There's something in it for the dog that the dog says, Major says, wow, strangers, they're not so bad after all. As the saying goes, an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure. Keep the dog on a leash. Keep other people away from the dog who you are concerned that the dog could turn on and whatever. 
uh, and accept a handful of people, those people giving that dog treats, and then grow the number of people, you know, add to the number of people gradually and control where uh, Major goes in the White House and outside as well. So Major does not have free reign. Most dog bites can be prevented, which is amazing when you think there are almost 100 million dogs living in homes in the United States. There are dog bites that happen every day in America. Now, the good news is that it doesn't happen severely very often. But when it does happen and a bite is severe enough to cause injury, the costs can be staggering. According to the American Veterinary Medical Association, in 2020, insurance companies paid over $850 million for almost 17,000 dog bite and injury claims. While the dollar amount is huge, the actual number of incidents decreased from the year before. And, and in fact, I'm going to say something controversial here, but it's true, people are more dangerous to people than dogs are to people. Uh, unfortunately, that is the case, uh, at least in this country. Basically, if a dog bite happens, it's because of us, because most of the time it can be prevented if we're just more responsible. It's not the biter's fault, which is why the American Veterinary Medical Association started Dog Bite Prevention Week. We will put links to that information in the show notes. And if Major's still in the doghouse, Steve has a message for the president. I can go to the White House. I'm available. Uh, Mr. Biden. If the pandemic has you staring at a screen more than you ever thought possible, take a listen to the next segment. But first, a quick break. You're listening to Dog Edition. And now, a message from your dog. Every day with you is like a day at the beach. And I want as many beach days as possible. I want to run and sniff and find a good stick to carry. I want to roll in the grass and warm my belly in the sun. I want to walk with you, run with you, sleep with you, eat with you. And when I eat with you, I want Everpup. The green grassy beef liver spiked smell wakes my senses. You may not realize this, but it tastes like homemade gravy, especially when you wet it. It infuses any food you give me with health and life and vibrancy. I can feel it. Everpup traveling to every cell in my body, nourishing each one. Does it roll back time? Of course not. Not really. But it helps me feel like I'm on top of the world. I'm so glad you're giving it to me every day. Because every day I'm so glad to be with you. I'm so grateful to be your dog and for the ever-pup you give me. So now that you know what your dog wants, get Everpup, the ultimate dog supplement. Everpup is available in select pet shops and on Amazon. But to get the best price possible, join the Everpup Club at everpupclub.com, where you'll get your first jar for just $8 with free shipping anywhere in the U.S., Go to everpupclub.com and use the discount code DPN. That is everpupclub.com. Everpup, every day. Welcome back to Dog Edition. Game designer Alex Liu, like many of us, looked around his holiday gatherings and noticed a trend this year. Too many screens and not enough personal interaction. He asked himself one important question. 
how can I engage with, you know, young kids, friends group, and adults, and I'll bring them to the same table. The answer was to turn that kitchen table or dining room table into the game table. Conversations flow, healthy competition is fostered, and memories are made when we gather as family and friends around the game table. Ooh, uh, I forgot what I got. What did I get? It was five, 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 no, four, two, one. Hey, I got five. Oh. You got four. But your five. game closet might not always hold the exact right game that will appeal to the gambit of ages and tastes at your table. Um, really popular games were either you know, really raunchy, like not appropriate for kids, right? So no cards against humanity when the little nieces and nephews visit. Or, you know, they were too simple and adults would be like, eh, you know what, like, you know, let the kids play. I don't want to do this. And not another round of Candyland. Or you might find grandpa hiding in the garage with a six pack and a radio tuned to the ball game. 2-2 pitch in the air to left center field. That is going to drop in front of the left fielder and score two runs. For me growing up, a lot of our, our conversations and a lot of our stories that we still tell today are about, hey, do you remember when this happened and there was an activity or, you know, an event or something funny happened, right? No one cares about sharing that last meme that you saw. Like, I'm not going to remember. That's not how I'm going to build my bond and relationship with my nephews and niece. An idea began to take shape around that concept. He created a game rooted in that idea, one about the bonds that humans and dogs form. Dogs Bond is a board game where players take on the role of a rescue dog in a shelter environment, collecting and sometimes competing for the attributes they need to be adopted into one of six forever homes. He's turned the tables on traditional games involving dogs by having the players walk in the paws of a shelter dog. It's a way to infuse the rescue story with some play and whimsy, but also compassion and hope. This is you, right, with your puppy dog eyes, and you're trying to find your forever home, right? And then that is where you kind of get into the conversation of what does responsible dog ownership look like? When did rescue, when did dog impact your life? Alex has had a lifelong commitment to dogs and animal shelters. As a child, he and his friends wrote and published a comic every Friday, which he sold for a dime. And uh, all of the proceeds went to Guide Dogs for the Blind up in San Rafael, California. So I got involved there, and then I had been involved, you know, San Francisco Bay Area, like rescues, like kind of throughout. It was important to Alex that the game be mission-driven. That's why he took this concept of a game about rescue dogs finding their forever homes to more than 100 animal shelters around the U.S. And we got thumbs up from everyone, right? We got like two paws up from everyone. It was great. Um, and so, of course, naturally, right, the progression is that we want to be uh, leverageable as a fundraising tool. Alex enjoys a good dog pun as much as we do here at Dog Edition. Shelters that partner with Dogs Bond get publicity and a portion of proceeds from game sales. You know, after playing the game, your dog is finding that forever home. When you support our game, you're supporting that happening in real life. Sounds like a game for dog lovers. My hope is that I bring dog people to board games, to the hobby, because I'm, I'm of the mind that like there's always room at the table for one more player and also for gamers. Gamers, maybe they will look at this and say, you know what, we've been talking about getting a dog. Why don't we have a conversation about getting a dog? 
and perhaps through that, you know, that, that partnership, you know, um, they'll find our game, uh, and find a rescue that's local to them and, uh, have that match as well. And we can find homes for these animals. You start by picking a dog character to play as. There are eight to choose from. You have to give your dog a name. There are attribute cards. These cards are, you know, your obedience, your grooming. These are what you're collecting. So yeah, you'll shuffle that up. You will then uh, deal out three cards to each player. All the while barking at each player when it's their turn to go. You get like a group of adults and kids all barking at each other, right? In that moment. And it's those moments that Alex wanted to bring to the experience. You're building the bonds of friendship when you're playing the board game. But what's also interesting is I will end up sitting there for another half hour, 45 minutes, learning about that person's dog or learning about how rescue impacted their life. So put down your devices, pick up Dog's Bond, and maybe get a game night together when the pandemic is all over. There are going to be reunions, right? We're going we're gonna to high five and, and hug each other. Uh, but we're also going to meet, I think, a lot of new furry family members. But don't worry if you don't have any dogs that have joined your family during the pandemic. You may have to rely on the kindness of those dogs that walk by your house. Ryder Damon has invented something to help you find those dogs. I recently learned how to skateboard by watching Aaron Cairo videos on YouTube. You can learn almost anything by watching YouTube videos. I've learned how to play some basic drum beats and fills. I learned how to cook dishes featured in my favorite movies and shows. And recently, I found out how to use machine learning to build a dog detector. It was created by this guy. I read online that looking at photos of dogs and cats will increase the amount of serotonin and dopamine in your brain. And as someone with a degree in science, I get all of my scientific information from businessinsider.com. So it must be true. Ryder Damon is a biomedical and software engineer who runs the YouTube channel Ryder Calm Down. Mostly I just like to build ridiculous ideas and put them out there into the world. Like the time this one went out into the world. This is the story of how I convinced the internet to churn butter in my backyard. Sounds so weird. He's built a machine that pours him a glass of wine every time he gets a message from work. And as you can see, I've gotten a few messages already. He's built an emergency stop button for cutting Zoom meetings short. For the times when I'm online and someone asks me a really tough question, or really anything, Stupid, but something to do in quarantine. Ryder came across a machine learning model on the internet, and a light bulb went off for his next quarantine project. And I said, this is really fun. What can I use this for? Uh, and I saw that it recognized dogs, and I was like, okay, dogs, yeah, yeah. But how how can I build this into a project? Like, how could I, how could possibly recognizing a dog help me? And then I was like, well, the pandemic, we're all kind of a little low-key depressed right now. Maybe seeing a dog would make me feel better. There are plenty of dogs in Ryder's neighborhood just outside of Toronto, but... I don't have time to, you know, stand at my window all day and look, so why don't I just build this to recognize any dogs that go past my house? Okay, so what exactly goes into making a dog detector? It's um, a small computer and a camera, and it uses machine learning, um, which in some circles is called artificial intelligence, uh, to recognize various objects in front of the house. 
Um, it uses a specific algorithm called YOLO version 3. And what that does is it's trained to recognize a variety of different household objects. I think 80-something objects. So it can do, like, microwaves. It can do, like, forks and spoons and people and also dogs and cats, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Ryder set up a camera in his window, pointing out towards the sidewalk. And that camera is fed directly into this machine learning model. And what the machine learning model does is identifies any time there is an object of interest, in this case, a dog. There's a megaphone hooked up to the machine that alerts Ryder any time a dog is recognized. Attention, there is a dog outside. He took it a step further by pointing the megaphone outside and programming the machine to shout compliments any time it recognized a dog walking by. I like your dog. The dog detector was active in Ryder's window for about a week. He took it down over concerns about privacy. But in that time, there were a bunch of people who strolled by with their dogs. I think it was maybe like three or four times a day I would get a notification saying there was a dog in front of my house. And in fact, for the video, I had to basically call a bunch of people who live in my town. And I was like, hi, can you bring your dog and walk in front of my house and I'll film it? Because I didn't want to put anyone in the video who who didn't have their consent or anything, right? So I just called a bunch of people and I was like, hey, bring as many dogs as you own and just walk on the street in front of my house. <laughs> it was a lot of fun. And fun and feeling good was why Ryder created the dog detector in the first place. It's now been repurposed and is more utilitarian, but still fun. So my dog often waits by the door when she wants to go outside. Um, and it's the only door that goes outside, and she won't go there for any other reason. So I have the same camera, exact same setup, pointed at the door now. So whenever she wants to go outside, instead of, um, instead of a megaphone, it'll send me a text message. So it'll say that the dog wants to go outside, and then I can go and let her out. I don't have one for when she's outside and wants to come in yet, uh, but I... I, it's just one more camera, so it's it's not hard to build. If you absolutely need to have this dog detector in your life, you can hop online and learn to build one. Uh, with all of my projects, I post all of the code online. So if you're interested in getting it, you can just search Rider Calm Down GitHub, and you'll have access to all the code so you can do this project yourself. Who says you can't teach an old dog new tricks? It seems to me that's exactly why YouTube was invented. It's time for our new segment, The Hydrant, where we catch things that are in the news and share them with you. What did you find that was interesting this week, Pam? Oh, I read about a new dog park in North Bethesda, Maryland, just outside of uh, D.C., where you can bring your dog... Your dog can have a beer, a dog-friendly beer. A dog, okay, and, this is like a really zero alcohol, right? Dog-friendly uh, beer. Yes. I love it. Yeah, veggie broth, turmeric, ginger, that kind of stuff in mm. the in the dog beer. And then the humans can have, you know, your your human beer. And they're calling it Bark Social, which is fantastic. I love it. we got to get a hold of some of that. We've, we've eaten dog ice cream on this show. Now we need to drink some dog beer. <laughs> That's interesting. Yeah. I saw a story uh, from way far away from Washington, D.C., in Russia, where a news reporter was doing a very serious stand-up interview uh, where she was talking to camera doing a live shoot with her microphone, and a dog comes out of nowhere and grabs the microphone, and the reporter starts running after it. 
I have, of course, no idea what she was talking about, but she looked very serious. I will post a link to it in the show notes. You have to watch this dog that takes the Russian reporter's microphone. It's amazing. Oh, please post it. I, As an audio person, uh, that hurts. That hurts as much as a mic drop. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you for bringing Dog Edition along with you on your walk today. We will be back next week with another episode but chances are you and your dog will be taking a walk between now and then, and we have something else for you to listen to. If you're interested in hearing more from some of our guests, please check out DPN's sister show, The Long Leash, for Jim's extended conversations. And follow Dog Edition so that you can take us along on your next dog walk. We'll hear the remarkable story of a stray dog named Frankie and his treacherous journey to his forever home. We'll also dig into how dogs can help a family through the challenges of divorce. Dog Podcast Network is for dog lovers, by dog lovers, and that means we want to hear from you. Visit dogedition.com. There's a button at the bottom right of every page where you can leave us a voicemail and share your stories with us. Check the show notes for links and information about the guests on this episode and that video Jim mentioned earlier. We are looking for correspondents, perhaps Russian correspondents <laughs> who speak English, as we grow this podcast and Dog Podcast Network. So if you are a content producer or a journalist or a podcaster or an audio storyteller who loves dogs, check out our 101 Dog Stories contest. It has over $15,000 in prize money. And join our pack. Be sure to follow Dog Edition in your favorite podcast app and tell a friend about the show. I'm Pamela Lawrence, and I'll see you at the dog park. And I'm James Jacobson. I want to thank you for listening today. On behalf of all of us here at Dog Podcast Network, we wish you and your dog a very warm aloha. Is artificial intelligence going to change veterinary medicine? Well, it already has. Right now, on Dog Cancer Answers, we're speaking with Dr. Kelly Deal of Morris Animal Foundation about how AI is impacting veterinary research and the practice of medicine itself. That's on Dog Cancer Answers. Get it wherever you get your podcasts or at dogcancer.com slash podcast.